dedicated to each and every one of you who appreciate a great glass of wine. You know what I mean? It's Monday. Let's raise a glass to the beginning of another week. It's time to unscrew, uncork, or savor a bottle. And let's begin exploring the wine glass. Happy Halloween! It is my favorite holiday and my favorite time of year. So today I am bringing you a best of episode, Haunted Wineries. So grab a glass, cozy up by a fire, and turn the lights down if you dare. If you listen to a lot of podcasts, you know that many ask for Patreon. We do not plan on doing this, so we ask you to support the podcast by leaving a review. It takes only a few seconds of your time, but means so much to the show. The next best way to support Exploring the Wine Glass is to tell your friends. If you enjoy the podcast, your wine-loving friends will too. Finally, don't forget to head to the website, explorethewineglass.com, to read the blog, sign up for the newsletter, so that you can keep up on all the happenings. Slancha! Eye of Newt and Toe of Frog, Wool of Bat and Tongue of Dog, Adder's Fork and Blindworm's Sting, Lizard's Leg and Owlet's Wing. For a charm of powerful trouble, like a hell broth boil and bubble, double double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Happy Halloween! Today I am bringing you something special for Halloween. There is a lot of history tied to wine and wineries, and where there is history, there are stories of ghosts. I love ghost stories. I have been known to try to call out ghosts, much to the embarrassment of my husband and friends. I have requested specific rooms that ghosts have been reported to frequent in. In the end, I have come to the conclusion that I am just a bit too eager for the ghosts, because they never show themselves to me. But there is always another hotel, there is always another winery, and I will keep on trying to talk to these ghosts. In this episode, I am going to share some hauntingly great stories of some wineries across the United States. So grab a glass of wine, turn off the lights, and enjoy the spooky Halloween special. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Budd, a UC Davis winemaking program, Spanish wine scholar, someday service, champagne and Cote d'Aron specialist, and a WSET level two graduate. You can find Exploring the Wine Glass on all the socials as well as your favorite podcast catchers. If you haven't subscribed yet, now's the perfect time to swipe, subscribe, rate, and review. Stay in the know about all things wine by visiting my website, exploringthewineglass.com. I promise I'll never tell you what to drink, but I'll always share what's in my glass. Happy Halloween! All my life, this has been my favorite holiday. The one night that the veil is thin and the one time a year that the dead can easily communicate with the living. Halloween is typically thought of as a day of wearing costumes and getting an insane amount of candy. But in reality, the tradition has its roots in ancient Celtic history. The festival is known as Samhain. The festival marks the end of harvest and the beginning of the dark portion of the year. In Wiccan, we are at the mercy of the goddess of sun and the god of night. At sunset on October 31st, the god of night begins to have more control, having more hours of darkness in the day than sun. During this time, 
It is the veil between the physical and spiritual worlds is thin. The spirits are able to cross. It is not meant to be a scary time. Instead, it is a time that the living can speak with their loved ones. And since they made this long voyage, it was expected that the living provided exceptional hospitality. Food and drinks were placed on the table to welcome the spirits. This is thought to have been the beginning of trick-or-treating. However, sometimes there were bad spirits, angry spirits. These spirits could also cross and haunt those that did them wrong. In hopes that these not-so-happy ghosts would not recognize the living, many believed that costumes, originally with some blood on them, would hide them from these irate spirits. And this is the beginning of costumes. Another Halloween tradition is bobbing for apples. This is also a Celtic tradition. In the past, people tried to bite an apple that was hanging from a string. When they were able to capture that apple, they would peel it and throw it into the water. The peel would then reveal the first initial of their future spouse's name. And let's talk about jack-o'-lanterns. The tradition of a jack-o'-lantern has an intriguing history dating back to the 18th century. An Irishman blacksmith named Stingy Jack invited the devil to drink with him at the tavern. Jack convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin so Jack could pay for the drinks. But instead of buying a drink, Jack pocketed the coin and left the tavern, not allowing the devil to return to its true form. Jack eventually freed the devil in return for the promise that the devil would not claim Jack's soul when he died. But at the time of Jack's demise, he was denied entrance into heaven, and the devil kept his promise of not claiming Jack's soul. And since he did not do so, there was nowhere for Jack's soul to go. In a final rub to Jack, the devil gave Jack a lantern made from a carved turnip and sent him off to wander the land restlessly. The Irish referred to the ghostly figure as Jack of the Lantern, and then simply Jack-o'-lantern. As time passed, people began carving pumpkins as opposed to turnips that were originally done. With a bit of Halloween history under our belt, I thought on this spooky day, I would share stories of some wineries that have a haunting history. Behringer Winery, Napa Valley, California. Behringer Winery may be one of the most popular wine producers in the United States. The winery was founded in 1876 by Jacob and Frederick Behringer. Jacob was in charge of wine production and winery, while Jacob was in charge of the construction of the winery and caves. The foundation was dug in 1877, with the caves beginning to be dug one year later. There have been stories of hearing crying moans from the caves. These sounds were thought to be the ghosts of the Chinese laborers who were entombed within. But research has been done, and it has been proven that no laborers were buried within. The eerie sounds were discovered to be created by strong winds forcing air through fissures in the rocks. The caves were coated with spray-on cement compound, sealing off these crevices, which in turn silenced the chilling wails and moans. But there have still been photographs within the caves, frequently capturing images of odd orbs of light. However, 
there is other ghost stories to be told on the property. On their property, they have the Rhine House, and this is believed to be haunted. The house is a replica of the brothers' ancestral home located in Mainz, Germany. The beautiful chateau-style building has haunting reporting upstairs in the bedroom of Frederick Beringer. It has been claimed by guests that objects have been thrown, and he has been seen walking the halls during the evening. Two employees insist that they have met Frederick. They tell of one evening just after closing, while they were cleaning up the downstairs of the Rhine House, when all of a sudden a loud crash came from the upstairs in the Founder's Tasting Room. That room had been Frederick's bedroom and the place where he died in 1901. The two employees each took a different staircase upstairs and didn't pass anybody on their way there. They entered the room to find a heavy silver tray had been thrown across the room and broken stemware was strewn everywhere. Many believe these types of interactions is Frederick showing his disapproval of his private quarters being used as a public space. Trefethen Family Vineyards and Winery in Napa Valley, California. Trefethen was founded in the late 1800s by a Scottish sea captain, Hamden McIntyre. He ran it as an eshkel, which means Valley of the Great in Hebrew. The building became a bootleg operation during Prohibition. During this time, as the story goes, a young man broke into the winery in order to steal liquor. He was caught pretty darn quickly and was hanged from one of the interior ceiling beams in the upstairs portion of the winery. Many visitors have claimed that they have seen a recurrence of this event and they have seen a shadow of a human swinging overhead. Bartholomew Park Winery, Sonoma Valley, California. From bootleggers hanging to a morgue we go, Bartholomew Park Winery has its fair share of paranormal stories. In the past, the building has served as a morgue, a women's prison, and a hospital. Ghosts have been seen within the main building. Where the cellar currently resides used to house a female prisoner and people who have reported hearing voices beginning in the late afternoon and continuing into the evening. In fact, ghost hunter Jeff Dwyer spent a month investigating this facility. He explains, during part of the investigation, down in the morgue, there was a time when the room suddenly turned ice cold. It was just freezing to the point where I couldn't sit there any longer and had to go upstairs to warm up. In 2006, five psychics attempted to hold a seance, but there were so many ghosts trying to speak to them that they were overwhelmed with the spiritual activity that they became exhausted and all had to stop. When the winery was retrofitted to be earthquake-proof in the 1970s, the remains of a woman were discovered in the basement and a story developed that the bones found were those of Madeline and that her spirit remained in the winery. Madeline was a prisoner who was said to have escaped, but they just never found her body until now. Others have reported hearing drums beating and the piano playing. Research shows that there was a piano in the basement and it is thought to be Madeline playing. Marjum Manor, Appleton, New York. 
The winery was built in 1854 by Shubal Merritt for his wife. Unfortunately, she passed away during the construction, but the haunting reports are not of his wife, but instead of his son. After coming home from a hunt with his son, Louis, Shabal reportedly was cleaning his gun when his son came into the room. Shabal was so startled that he accidentally shot and killed Louis at 3 p.m. Since that time, there have been other deaths that have occurred in the house, and it is believed that there are several spirits haunting this property. According to the owners who have documented many sightings, they believe that Shabal, Sophia and Lewis Merritt, Charles and Hannah Ring, and the sisters of St. Joseph's dog, Duke, are regular visitors. Employees have seen bottles spinning, lights being turned on on their own, and apparitions appearing, especially on Thursdays at 3 p.m. Zephaniah Farm Vineyards in Leesburg, Virginia. Zephaniah Farm Vineyards has farmed the property since 1950. They first planted grapes in 2002 as a way to preserve the family farm. Today, they have 14 different varieties of grapes on their land, and their primary ghost is Maddie Nixon. She apparently is a benevolent ghost, but seems to stir more when there are engaged couples in, how do you say it, uh, enjoying each other's company. Maddie Nixon inherited the property in 1903 as a single woman, and later married Dr. William Casselier, a British veterinarian who thought himself an aristocrat. However, Casselier had a bit of a temper, which led to the death of a tenant farmer who had accidentally let a cow loose. It is thought that Maddie wants to make sure that the people who are getting married truly know each other before the vows. However, Maddie is not the only ghost to hang out as a Fania farm vineyards. According to the owners, this historic home turned into a winery is haunted with over 35 confirmed spirits. Bonnie has experienced several encounters. One she explains happened after she cleaned the parlor room after some guests left the home. After tucking the chairs in at the dining table and clearing everything off the table, she returned to the parlor to find it as, as though several people had been sitting there. Bonnie said that she noticed all the chairs were pushed back as if the people had left quickly, and several pieces of chocolate were left on the plate, along with one blue marble that had never been seen before. And of course, I cannot skip over Paso Robles. Paso Robles Inn has several ghosts walking their halls. Founded in 1864, the Paso Robles Inn has a long and interesting history. There are several stories of hauntings in the hotel. The most common can be found in room 1007. After the renovation in 2001, the front desk at the hotel would receive mysterious phone calls, all originating from room 1007. But no one was ever on the other end. All they would hear was a loud screeching sound. The employees would hang up and go check the room, only to find it empty. Visitors have noted that they have been in the room and have seen the light on the phone light up on its own as if it was making a call. Room 1007 has been known to call the front desk asking for a 911. After diving into the history of the hotel, it was discovered that in the fire of 1940 that destroyed the original hotel, 
a 911 call was made at 9.05 p.m., close to the time that the night clerk, J.H. Emsley, sounded the fire alarm to warn the hotel guests. Thanks to Emsley, every guest was evacuated from the hotel safely that night, except for Emsley himself, who died of a heart attack before knowing that all of the guests were safe from harm. It is believed that Emsley is continuing to keep everybody safe at the Paso Robles Inn. Helen is another guest in the Paso Robles Inn. She is a young girl who was the daughter of the general manager in the 1900s. She can be found playing in the hallway, laughing and running through the halls. If you want to meet up with Helen, you're going to want to stay close to room 1211. The ghosts are not limited to the hotel. Cecilia Blackburn, the wife of William Blackburn, one of the founders of Paso Robles, is said to haunt the wine room at the steakhouse. She enjoys playing with employees' hair and apparently does love her wine and doesn't want to share it, since she often locks the wine room when it has just been opened. I hope you've enjoyed my Halloween episode. There are plenty more stories to be told. Do you have a haunted winery story? I'd love to know about it. Hit me up on the socials to tell me the eerie details. This has been another episode of Exploring the Wine Glass. Thanks for listening. If you have suggestions on what topics you would like me to discuss, please reach out on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Exploring the Wine Glass. I am also on LinkedIn as Lori Hoyt Bud. Of course, you can always email me at exploringthewineglass at gmail.com and sign up for my newsletter at exploringthewineglass.com. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to help others find me more easily. And most importantly, tell your wine-loving friends, because if you like the podcast, they will too. Podcast music is Wine by Keevans. Until next week, slancha. Nice glass right now. No, no, no.